can I just talk to y'all? I got all these notes, but it's, I got it, it, the Holy Spirit. He's such a wonderful person. Uh, he kind of ignores my notes. <laughs> it's like, and I keep saying, why you do that? It's like, well, you know. <laughs> I, I think it's this thing called walking by faith. And if you'll trust him, he'll take you where you never thought you could go. Did you know that? And you'll do things you never thought you could do. And you'll say things to people you never thought you would say. Isn't that awesome? We're talking about the Holy Spirit. Today I got a little series going to start a last week, Yielding to the Spirit of Truth. It's a crazy time. I don't have to say that. That's an understatement. Um, distortions, deceptions, twisted truths, partial pictures of things are everywhere all the time. Is that a true statement? Now, if, you, if, you, if, if that's new to you, uh, you know, the ostrich, what did he put his head in? Oh, take it. <laughs> I'm joking. Nonetheless, uh, Jesus said, uh, mentioned this, uh, the Passion Translation, Matthew 24, 4. At that time, because his disciples asked him what the world would be like before he came back. At that time, deception will run rampant. So be aware that you're not fooled. And so, wow, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on that we could be fooled. And then I noticed, um, again, the Passion Translation, 1 Timothy 4, First couple of verses there, uh, the Apostle Paul talking to a young minister, Timothy. The Holy Spirit has explicitly revealed. Now, you know, that word explicitly kind of grabbed my, grabbed my th- attention. Uh, if somebody says, you got to hear what I'm saying now, that this is absolute fact. And that's what he said here. The Holy Spirit has explicitly revealed at the end of this age, many will depart from the true faith one after another. I don't know about you, but it, when it says many will depart from the true faith one after another, does that it means they're going to follow after deceptions? Huh? That's challenging, isn't it? That's what's going on today, y'all. One after another, devoting themselves to spirits of deception and following demon-inspired revelations and theories, hypocritical liars will deceive many. How many know that's going on right now? And their consciences won't bother them at all. Some people, because of who they're tooling around with, they say what's being told them to say, and they know it's not true when they're saying it. And that's happening today. Is that true? Just, just don't, but I, you could turn a TV on and you see what I mean. It's crazy. See, we have an antidote. And that's why I think God is so cool. He's given us an antidote to the atmosphere we're living in, and it's the Holy Spirit. Now, last week we talked about, you know, pain looks for pleasure, and, and, and that in God's presence is fullness of joy, and, and, and the Holy Spirit lives on the inside. So when you're feeling rough, go to him. Don't go to the uh, uh, things the world uses to uh, get themselves out of a rough place and feel better, Right? You don't have to go to the alcohol. You don't have to go to the drugs. You don't have to overeat. You don't have to do the porn. You can go to God, right? So we talked about that last week. And, um, you know, it is a, it, it's an uncanny time. And I said this uh, as, uh, as, as we transitioned, but uh, I feel like I, I need to repeat this. I can't tell you how, how frequently I feel inside me from the Holy Spirit that we're in a window of time. I don't care where you've been or what you've been doing. You can get right with God. Because God's for you, not against you. And he knows what's ahead of us. And he knows what it's going to take to navigate through what's coming. 
And I'm just convinced he's got a purpose for you and me. Do you? And he's got a purpose to bless you, help you, but the bigger purpose is for you to help somebody else. And how can I help somebody else if I'm not help myself? So I got to partake of, you know, uh, what he could help somebody else with. Uh, this is really is a day to get rid of the spiritual hardness, the callousness, and learn to hear, hear the Holy Spirit. See, <laughs> hang on. You know, all of us have been hurt by somebody, sometime. Is that true? Maybe some of the toughest hurts is when you've been hurt by people you trust. How could you do that? You know, you think, how could you do that? You ever been there? If you hadn't been there, you hadn't lived a long time yet. Because you'll get there sooner or later, you know. But you know what? You got to let that stuff go. I, I, I abruptly stopped because I, I heard him. Hurt, pain, loss, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is um, sort of like a pothole in a road. You know, I've, I've traveled all over India. And, and it, you've not driven yet till you've, till you've driven in India. I didn't drive, but I rode in India. And I, I've ridden in uh, long distances sometimes. And I'm telling you, there's some potholes you can't imagine will be on highways. Anybody ever been there and seen what I'm talking about? I, mean, I guess some places in America are getting to be that way. Maybe I don't know. Pay your taxes and tell them to do the work. I don't know. But um, that's the way unforgiveness is, like a pothole. We hit some potholes. I had a nine-hour ride from one small city to Chennai because our plane quit working and we couldn't. it wouldn't take us. So we had a nine-hour ride. And, y'all, we had potholes I've never seen before. And I thought, you know, we'd fall right in them and never come out. Unforgiveness is that way. So I have to say this. You know, pastors are imperfect people. Churches are imperfect. Uh, churches are not perfect because people are imperfect. Pastors are imperfect because people are imperfect, right? Somebody here, you've been hurt by church leadership. And that keeps you from wanting to go further in God. Because how can you trust? You got to get over that. How many heard what I just said? I don't want to go far with this story. I was three, and I've already, my notes, help me, Jesus. I was three years old in the Lord. One, two, three. Yep. And a pastor just, I, I can't tell you. He, uh, <clears throat> he said some things to me that hurt me to the core. And right then I could have said, you know what? I'm not messing with this because God had called me to preach. And I was in Bible school and it was the head of the Bible college that said some things that absolutely weren't true. Then later on, I mean, later on, meaning 10 years later, I found out the man was in sin. How about that? And he was talking some trash to me. Whew. But, I, you know, I had to let that go. And if you've been hurt by somebody who was a, a, a mentor, spiritual leader, I don't know. I'm feeling something here. I'm not sure.
No, the Holy Spirit won't tell you the whole tale. Can, can I do something? Okay. Okay, I'm going to take the place of the person that messed with you and hurt you. Did you wrong. Did wrong with your money. Did wrong with your time. Did wrong with your friendship. Okay. I'm going to vicariously take their place. And I could say I was wrong. In their stead, I'm doing it. Would you forgive me? Would you be willing to let it go? And forgive me so you can go on with God. How many hear me? See, I feel like there's some people wrestling with some of that. You won't get past that. It's like a pothole. You can't get past. Some of those in India, boy, you drive in them, somebody's going to have to help you out because it's too deep. The bottom of the car hits the dirt. Boom, you know. You got to get over this. You can't get past it. Everybody just close your eyes. This is different, a little different. Everybody okay? For the sake of those that need it, say it out. Pray it out loud. Heavenly Father, I make a decision to forgive every person with whom I am offended, uh, every person that has hurt me, spiritual leaders that have hurt me. Now, now give them some conversation. Tell them what they've did, done to you. Those that need to deal with it. So you won't get past that. It's a fly in the ointment, the Bible says. Yeah. Got to let it go. Tell them how it made you feel. And it's not for everybody, but we're going to help every, We're going to help the ones that need it, okay? Now say, Lord, I forgive them by faith for what they did to me or what they should have done they didn't do. I make a choice to let it go and forgive them. Thank you for forgiving me for holding on to offense. When it comes to mind, I'll pray for that person, but I'm not going back there with my thought life. Help me not to in Jesus' name. Lord, is that okay? You know, the truth is, it's not just uh, spiritual leaders. It's anybody that's hurt you in your life. You know, some people got, get dissed in their marriage and can't get past it. You know, the first girl I dated didn't want to, uh, I shouldn't tell you. Is that okay to talk about this? Oh, Susan, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm talking 16 years old, y'all. I mean, I just... Thought this little girl hung the moon in the sky, so to speak. Until I met Susan, thought, man, Susan hung the moon in the sky. But, and by the way, we'll be married 42 years Wednesday. But, so, uh, you know, I was just in love. I thought I was just in love with this little girl, you know. And, and so, uh, it come up to Valentine's Day, and she said, um, well, I, I don't think I can do anything on Valentine's Day. And I mean, I got the candy, I got the flowers, I got, you know, stuff. And, and I was going to go see her. She said, don't come by. And I thought, hmm. So uh, I didn't know why. It kind of hurt me inside. I was like, okay, what's going on? I, I went by her house, and another guy's car was there. Now, after I got over wanting to beat the door down, Eventually, thank God, my mother prayed us apart. But I had to get over how I felt about it. 
And if I hadn't got over that, I, I, I wouldn't be married for 42 years. Lord, I just have no idea what you're doing here. This is none of this is in my notes. Now you hung me out to dry. Where do I go from here? No, we're talking about callousness. Things that harden your heart to the Lord. It really is a day. If 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 you have a if you have if you're cognizant of, of your surroundings and you can think and you can reason and you can make choices, right now is the time to choose God. Now, that's both an exhortation and a warning. Because those that don't know the Lord, what we're going into in the next period of time, I know I'm being a little vague, but I just know what I'm feeling. They're going to have a hard time. You want somebody. You know, songs come to me. I could sing you a song right now. We all need somebody. Yeah, to lean, lean on me. Yeah, you know. Well, that somebody ought to be the Lord. Just before I left my office, honestly, I, this scripture came in, and I was over here at my seat the first song, and I wrote, I copy pasted it into my notes. Philip's translation. Listen to James four four. You're like unfaithful. Now, this is God talking to the church. James is a half-brother. Really, his name is Jacob. He was a half-brother of Jesus. And he just called in. He called it what it was, you know. He didn't mince words. He said, you're like, and he's talking to Christians. You're like unfaithful wives, flirting with the glamour of this world and never realizing that to be the world's lover means becoming the enemy of God. And then he went further. Anyone who deliberately chooses to love the world is thereby making himself God's enemy. Wow. Do you think what the scriptures have to say about this is mere formality? And then the next sentence, or do you imagine that the spirit of passionate jealousy is the spirit he has caused to live in us? I've got another translation, Berkeley translation. I think it says the spirit who took up his abode in us. Now watch this, yearns jealously over us. Did you know God's jealous for you? He's jealous for our time. He's jealous for our attention. He's jealous for our thoughts. He's jealous on on what we give our emotions to and feel. He's jealous with what we do with our bodies. He's jealous. You ever thought about the Holy Spirit being like a jealous lover? You know, this is in my notes, but further down, so here we go. Uh, Do you know he's like a person? He is a person. And, and, and if you'll think of in terms of a person living inside you, now, now that's amazing. Say it out loud, a person, not an influence, a person has taken up residence inside of me. Do you ever think that way? See, you're never by yourself. You're hiding under the sheets. You turn the light off. Going for a ride. He's right there with you if you're a believer. Is that good? A person. 
1 Thessalonians 5, 23, the very God, it's not in my notes, y'all. The very God of peace set you apart wholly or entirely, and I pray God. And then he uses these terms, your spirit, soul, and body. Be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He mentioned every part of your personage, spirit, my spirit, your spirit's part of you. Uh, intuition, perception, an inner knowing. Now, listen, you, 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 don't, you don't touch the spiritual realm until you learn to get quiet. I know a lot of people these days don't get quiet enough to hear because they got something sticking in their ear at all times. You know, right? Or their car, like yesterday, I was uh, riding my bike. And I was on an area near my, um, near my house, going back into my garage from the trail. And here comes, a, here comes a car. Boom, boom, boom. The music was so loud, I felt the bass. Now, if that's you all the time, you're not going to hear your spirit nature. How many hear me? You got to get quiet. You got to get quiet. Spirit, intuition, impression, a gut sense, an inner knowing. You're going to make a decision that didn't feel quite right and you didn't know why. Or you're around somebody and it's like, hmm, I feel a bit fidgety here. Huh? Or maybe you're dating somebody that's like, you know, I, I like him or her, but something just ain't quite right here. Two and two's not equal in four yet. What is it? You know what I'm talking about? See, the Holy Spirit lives deep inside. He's in your human spirit. And when you learn to tap into him, that's why, let's see, that's the reason you got to get rid of hardness. We were praying yesterday, a verse came up. Jeremiah, it'll come to pass that you'll find me when you search for me with all of your heart. See, if I, if I live a double life, I'm this way one day and this way another day, that's confusion. It creates internal confusion, see? And it also creates hardness. So when I let myself go where I know I shouldn't go with my thoughts, with my emotions, with my physical body, with my words, the Holy Spirit just kind of, well, I can't, I can't mess with that. See, think about that. Everything I do, everywhere I go, everything I'm involved in, if I'm a believer, he's inside me. I am involving him in that. It's the reason the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 6 now, this is a little strange, but this is truth. Corinth was a very uh, uh, cosmopolitan city. Um, people from all over the world went there. They had seaports on either side. And they also had pagan temples there, and, and the people had become accustomed. And the men particularly were really excited about the pagan temple. I mean, they get off work, honey, I'm going to see the temple. Because in the temple were really beautiful paid prostitutes. And they, and they worship those false pagan gods with sex. That's messed up. 
Could it be that those who involve themselves in illicit sex in America are worshiping a pagan god? Did you hear me? You clicking on that porn, you're worshiping a pagan god. Huh? You fornicating, you're worshiping a pagan god. I wonder why life doesn't work out. You worship the devil, he'll come and hang out with you. Melancholy, depression, oppression. Then you got to take something to get over and you can't get over it. You see why our culture is so messed up? How many get it? Question, who's talking about all this? Okay, besides me. <laughs> you think if the church of Jesus in our country would start talking about this, people start waking up? There's a wrong woke and a right woke. <laughs> Ephesians 5, awake to righteousness and sin not. Why did he say that? He said that because sin in all of its forms, whether it's, whether it's unforgiveness or whether it's the sins of the flesh or it's lust or words, pride, competition, this get-even thing that's just so prevalent now, any of that, push you away, right? So there's something about a tender heart. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. Are you in tune with your spirit person? As a believer? Are you attuned to the voice of the Holy Spirit? Say, so, well, how can you know? Here's a telltale sign. Here's a telltale sign. When he manifests, three or four things. Number one, he'll lead you to love people and not hold offense. He'll lead you to overlook their faults and not hold grudges. How many hear me? If you're holding a grudge and you can't talk to your spouse or you got a brother or sister you hadn't talked to or won't talk to because they did this, that, the other or a friend or somebody at work, you just go right by their cubby. And now you don't even have to go because you're working from home. Well, that's all right because I don't want to see him anyway. Boy, you better, you need to repent, really. Holy Spirit will lead you to love. By this, John 13, 35, all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. The love that Jesus had. Jesus loved Peter even when he failed. Do you love the, 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 the telltale sign of the love is not that you love people that like you. I mean, hey, hey, man, go to any bar. Don't. But if you went to any bar downtown Raleigh, I don't encourage you. You go to any bar downtown Raleigh, man, how you doing, guy? Good to see you. I ain't doing good. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Ever give my sweetest massage on myself. I'm sorry. We can love people that love us back, but you know, the true, true sign of love is when you love people that don't deserve it. <laughs> it's not. I ain't, you ain't done anything worth me loving. Well, you got the wrong kind of love. How many got it? He'll lead you to love. Secondly, this is a real telltale sign of the Holy Spirit, that you're in tune with your human spirit where the Holy Spirit is. He'll wake up the word of God in you. 
John 14, 26. But the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, Jesus said, he will teach you all things. And bring all things back to remembrance that I've spoken to you. So what's the, one of his main jobs is he'll just remind you of the word. I don't know how many times I go through the day and just scripture come to me. That's how I know. Say, you know, when I was young in the Lord, I was thinking, you know, God, I go to these churches and these people talking about, you know, how the Lord spoke to them. That pastor said, well, the Lord said, well, you ain't ever talked to me that way. You ever thought that way? Why don't you talk to me? And I was just kind of, you know, upset. Lord, why don't you speak? You're speaking to them. You don't ever speak to me. And you know what I had happen to me all the time? Scripture would come back to me. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 1. Romans 8, 37, nay, and all these things are more than conquerors to him that loved us and gave himself for us. If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? It's God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? Scriptures would come up to me over and over throughout the day, and I found out when Scripture comes up, it's the Holy Spirit speaking. Some people have muted his voice because they never get in the book. You got to lay the music down. You got to lay all the videos down. You got to put your phone down long enough to hear him. Put it down and listen. How many hear me? You know, I rode my bike 20 miles yesterday on the trail. I put it on the Facebook page, but um, usually uh, usually I'm listening to the word. Why? Or, Or sometimes I just get quiet and pray. Because you got to have some times of solace. How many hear me? So if you'll get in the word and then be quiet, God speak to you. Get in the word, be quiet, forgive people and love people. You think he could do something? And then the Holy Spirit, he'll lead you to walk by faith and not feelings. In fact, if you're a feeling-oriented person, I just don't feel God today. Well, you probably won't feel him. Because feelings become your God. I don't know how many times I said, God, you turned it all off. He said, no, no, you got your perspective wrong. I'm not a feeling. I'm, 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 I'm your father. And you don't have to feel me to know I'm there. Is that true? Now, you know, Susan took a trip yesterday. And she got home late last night. I'm so glad to see you for a service, love. I didn't have to feel her to know she's with me. We have a relationship. I, I trust her. And you know what? She trusts me. I know at any time I can communicate with her. Right? So what about God? You don't have to have a feeling all the time. He's always there. He said I'd never leave you nor forsake you, right? Y'all get anything out of it? I'm just kind of wandering around here figuring out what in the world I'm doing. The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 is where we're at. Then I pray God your whole spirit. Get quiet. I want to challenge you this week. Say, what can I do, pastor? Get quiet. Sit. Um, friend of mine <clears throat> who was in our church for uh, several years had a friend named Arthur Burt. Y'all know who I'm talking about, right? Some of you. Anyway. 
Uh, and Arthur Burt was an aged man. He died. He was over 100 years old when he died. But he was a friend of Smith Wigglesworth's. He lived in England. And my friend told me he lived with him for nine months, this older man, Arthur Burt. He lived with Arthur Burt, my friend did, for uh, about nine months or so. And he had a, somebody had given him a great big old 30-room castle mansion place. So he helped him fix it up, you know, the walls and staircase, the railings and all that because it was old. And uh, he said, well, he, he said many times he couldn't find Arthur. I said, where's Arthur? And he said he'd go back there and he had a be- somebody had made a beautiful flower garden in the back. And he so many times he said he'd go back there and Arthur's just sitting on a, chair, on a bench with the flowers all around him. So he said, Arthur, what you doing? He said, I'm just sitting. But you're not doing anything. He said, I'm just sitting. Well, why are you sitting? I'm just waiting on the Lord. We've gotten so busy that we forgot what it's like to wait. Can I get real? I don't like to wait on anything. If the light turns yellow and then I can't go cross and I got, it's red. I'm just wait, right? Anybody, y'all not like that, right? I'm the worst. Left turns, hang it up. I'm just saying that because we're all kind of alike in some ways. But you got to learn to like to wait. Because they that wait on the Lord, what happens to them? <laughs> you know why some people are so tired? They haven't been waiting. Is that true? It's crazy, isn't it? None of this stuff's hard. It, you just got to go after God. And I hear the Lord saying, go after him. I pray, God, your whole spirit, then soul. See, the soul is comprised, simplistically, of mentality, thoughts, reasoning, speculation, all that goes together, emotion, and will, volition. So so thinking, feeling, and willing go together. That's not spiritual, that's natural human. And what, God, what Jesus wants us to do today is submit our natural human person to him. How do you do that? First of all, dedicate your mind to God. Make it that, you know, I just, you know, a few weeks ago, my first book came out. There's more coming. Change your mind to change your life. Let's talk about how to meditate the word. The thing that freed me when I was 18 and came to Jesus was I made a determination. You know, I, I can't let, the last few years dominate my thinking because the last few years were filled with drugs and all kind of junk. Oh, everything was wrong. Wrong pictures, wrong words, wrong songs. Y'all been there, right? And I had to just chuck it all because it was getting in the way of me and God. And I said, Lord, how can I calm my mind down? Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace. In fact, the Hebrew says, you will keep him in peace, peace, double peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Isn't that good? So I started meditating on Scripture. And I noticed that when I got my mind on Jesus, my emotions started settling down. Thoughts and emotions go hand in hand. A person that's emotionally crippled, their mind's wild. 
They're thinking about all the wrong things that Henry, Fred, Sue, Lucy, trying not to name anybody in here. I hope I didn't name your name. Did to them. That's all they're thinking about. So their emotions are all messed up, all knotted up all the time. They think everybody's out to get them. Nobody's out to get you. God's out to get you. God loves you, but he's not out to get you. You got to get, you get your mind straightened out, emotions straightened out. And then when your mind and emotions get straight, that's the reason the Apostle Paul said in Romans 12, I, be, I beg you, therefore, brothers, in view of all of the mercies of God, Romans 12, 1, present your, make a decisive dedication of your bodies to God. This is holy and it's acceptable. And it's a service that you render to God by the exercise of your mind. That's the Mitch Horton translation of Romans 12, 1. <laughs> and then he said, don't be conformed, fashioned according to this age. J.B. Phillips' translation says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. It's kind of like a glove. Don't let, the, don't, don't let the world fit your hand like a glove. Don't be like them, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word transforms where we get our English word metamorphosis, a biology word. What does that change from within? If I change my mind, guess what? The Holy Spirit has something to work with because he's inside of me. If I put my mind on the word, guess what? He has something to grasp. He has something to talk to me about. You, you ever had a conversation with somebody, a total stranger? Maybe you ever been to a, another country and they speak another language and you... <laughs> You're eating with them, you know. You're drinking your coffee. <laughs> and they're saying, blub, blub, blub. And you're saying, hmm. And you're saying, blub, blub, blub. And they're going, you just can't communicate. You got to have somebody to interpret, right? But what if you know a few words? Yeah. And see, that's what happens when you get yourself filled with God's word. Meditate on scripture. Just don't read it. Get it inside the back, the last chapter of my book. That's all it is, a scripture, because you can get some of those and just read them, read them, read them, read them. Read them, read them, read them, read them, read them till you know them. And you get that word inside, the Holy Spirit start talking to you. Then your emotions start straightening out. That's what happened to me. And then you'll start making right choices. It's not possible to make right choices until this, this book, the word, is inside. Right? Spirit, soul, body. It does matter what I do with my body. Do you know your body can keep you away from God? That's why the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 6, he said, what? Know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. And then he said, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 2 Corinthians 7, 1, having these promises, dearly beloved. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Spirit, soul, body. How many think it's wise to take some time to wait? How many think it's wise to take some time to get in the Word? So you can spend time in prayer fruitlessly 
if your heart is not prepared beforehand. That's the reason our, some people don't understand what I'm doing on Saturdays. We have a prayer meeting. I generally read scripture or, or some word-oriented something from a book before we pray. Why? Because you've got to get yourself engaged in prayer. You've got to set a good foundation, right? The Holy Spirit's inside, and he is endeavoring to speak to us today. Now, if you're hearing him, you're hearing get ready. If you're listening to him, you're hearing, clean it up. And he keeps saying to me over and over again, there's a window of opportunity here. I don't care where you, listen, I mean it. I I don't care if you don't even know the Lord. This is a window of time right now. You can get right with God. Maybe you've known the Lord like, you know, the Lord came on me in transition and, and you've stepped away from the Lord. God's stepping towards you today. How many hear me? He's not a, he loves you. Does what we do and say sometimes grieve him? Oh, yeah, but grieving doesn't mean he runs away. He's right there. He's like what Jesus said to Peter. Peter, I pray for you that your faith doesn't fail. And when you are converted, he's got faith that you'll come back. How many hear me? You say, well, pastor, I'm just a mess right now. Well, he's just really good at straightening up closets. Straightening up a mess. He can help change the trash, take it out, help you make your bed, pick your clothes up off the floor. I'm just saying he can help you with all the affairs of life. Help you with your job. Jobs are struggling right now, aren't they? Huh? Never seen anything like it. Everybody good? Well, I think I'll end with what I was going to start with here. You know, 2016, I had to make uh, some, some big choices. God began to deal with me. You know, our organization, our church had grown. We, we started out, we had 49 people when I came in 1994 on Garner Road to an old building built in 1884. We uh, quickly outgrew that, moved to a shopping center for six years, then built a building on Aversboro Road in Garner, which we sold a few years ago. And we've been in this building for eight years now. And now we're building again. Um, now, why did I say all that? God began to deal with me about making some. So as our church grew, some of the things and the, way, the ways I connected, the ways I did things, the way I, the way I oversaw um, the leadership aspects of our church had to change. And some of them I didn't change because I was comfortable. And God began to say, you know, if you're going to go where you need to go, you need to make some changes. So uh, long story short, short of it was in 2016, I hired a coach, a life coach. Yeah, one of these John Maxwell guys, you know who he is? Well, I hired one of them, and he came to see me. And, you know, I thought he was going to be a nice guy, but he sit there with a poker face. You know what a poker face is? If you play in cards, don't reveal your hand with your mouth or your eyes. Just don't respond. So I'm talking to him. He's not doing anything, just looking. And I can't tell by the expression on his face what he's thinking or saying or, or about to say. But he's just looking at me, and y'all, I thought he was going to be a now. He lit into me. This guy, I paid, we paid money for him to come, and he lit into me. I mean, he started talking to me, son. Well, he didn't say son. He said, pastor. 
You, you, if you keep doing that, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, and you'll never get there. So what are you going to do? I said, well, after I get over the desire to slap you, <laughs> I think I'll listen. <laughs> but see, he became a coach. And you know what he did? He held my feet to the fire. And uh, I think he came a couple of times a month to start with and did give me an agenda and then meet with the staff team. And we made lots of rearrangements and stuff. Um, it was a tough time. It really was. We let seven staff members either resign or we let them go. That's tough. How do you survive that? Tough. But you know what he did? He was a coach. And I love that man today. You know why? Because he held my feet to the fire. And he would call me, how you doing? He would text me, how you doing? Because I had habit patterns I had to break. Ways of dealing with things I had to do differently. And I had to have somebody hold me accountable. Somebody outside of my staff team. You get that? That's why a lot of pastors never change. And you got, and it, hey, change is the hardest thing you'll ever do. You know, when your car changes direction, you leave rubber on the road. Friction, Right? Now, he was a coach to me, and he coached me for a couple of years, about, what, a year and a half maybe. The Holy Spirit is a coach, just like that. And he'll hold you to the word. He'll hold you to love. He'll hold you to forgive. He'll hold you to walk by faith and not feelings. Did you hear me? And if you'll do that, you'll be successful. Jesus said it. If you love me, John 14, 15, keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father. Now watch this. And he will give you another, everybody say another. Another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world can't receive because it neither sees nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. Two words there. First of all, the word helper. Uh, King James Version says comforter. I, I like the word helper. Uh, in fact, the Amplified New Testament, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. Parakletos, the Greek word, it means one called alongside to aid or help, but he's not alongside, he's in. I'll give you another comfort. That word another, now here's what it means in the original language. It's not a, another person of a different kind. It's another person just like me of the same kind. He'll be a helper just like I am to you right now. I'm, I'm sending somebody to take my place because I'm going to heaven. Jesus said to be seated at the right hand of the Father. But I'm sending somebody who will be to you everything I am to you right now. You can see me. You heal, hear me. Sometimes we laugh and joke. Sometimes we hug and caress. But you see me. You know I'm I'm here. You can, I can always take care of you. That kind of person's coming to take care of you. Right now, if you needed an explanation of the word, all you do is just come and ask me. He's going to do that in you. You need money to pay your taxes? What happened? I told you to go catch a fish and you'd find a Roman coin in the fish's mouth and you could pay your taxes. You think I can do that? I can still do that with the helper that's going to live inside you. He'll give you wisdom, right? Huh? Several times they didn't know how to minister healing to somebody. Jesus said, hey, 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 boys, 
back off, get out the way. And he just ministered life. He said, now the spirit of truth inside you, he's going to show you how to minister to others. See, I've been doing this. You can see me, but you know, you won't see me then, but he's going to be inside of you. In John 16, 7, he said, it's to your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, the helper won't come. But if I go away, I'll send him to you. Now, you might have thought it would have been better to be on the earth when Jesus uh, was living there in Jerusalem and, and, and going around Israel. No, 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 no. We got it better now. We're just not taking advantage of the person God gave us. Did you hear me? He's a, he's a helper. He's a coach. And y'all, if you learn his voice, it's just, it's just incredible. I'm going to have to start this back next time because I don't have enough time to I just don't have enough time to develop all this. Y'all get something out of this? I, um, you know, I was, um, I was 19 years old, and this lady over here sitting on the chair, Susan, my wife for 42 years, um, May of 1978. I got out of a Thursday night church service and I went around the building to go back to the back parking lot to go home. And, and there's two different ways to go out the building and Susan went out the other way and I knew her from Bible school classes at night. I talked to her some. But when I, when I, when I ran around the edge of the building and here's the parking lot and there's my car, um, Susan come out the other side and I saw her walking down the parking lot and she had, had a, got a brand new car. I said, well, looky, looky. It was a, a 1978 Camaro. Oh, it was sweet. But see, I didn't notice the car. I, noticed, I didn't notice it first. So I come walking and I look right here and I'm not kidding. I heard. There goes your wife. I said, where, where? Right there, that lady right there. And you know what I said? That can't be God. She's, she's dating somebody. <laughs> she don't want me to say that, I know. I'm sorry, love. We can talk about it over lunch. <laughs> really? God will say things to you sometimes, and it doesn't make, that didn't make any sense to me. God, why would you say that to me? She's dating somebody else. That's my wife? Really? Really? Now I didn't go up to her. <laughs> Guess what? Hey, hey. <laughs> you and me, we're going to get married. I don't think we would have gotten married if I'd have done that. I mean, don't be stupid, right? I mean, really, some people have no common sense. I had sense enough to keep my mouth shut. And as it was July 1st that year, I asked her out. I got a big story, but I'm not going to tell it today. I asked, and I found out she wasn't dating that guy anymore. I said, well, looky, looky. First date was July 1st, 1978, and then we got married September 22nd, 1979. And I'm so glad I did. See, see my, my helper helped me. You get it? I got stories about the helper, but I can't tell them today. He, he's so good. He's spoken things to me that have literally saved my life. And that if I hadn't listened, I don't think I'd be here today. It's not easy to, you know, if you think pastoring's easy, I double dog dare you to try. Go start you a church, see how it goes. But he 
help you and direct you. You just got to be willing to be a faithful lover to him. He's jealous. He doesn't want you part-time. He doesn't want, just want you on Sunday. He wants you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. He wants you at 5 o'clock in the morning, and he wants you at 6 o'clock at night. And he wants you all points in between, right? Everybody hear me? So, question, what are you giving him? Is it piecemeal? Is it part-time? Well, I got a part-time helper. I just leave him alone the rest of the time. See, that's the reason you can get in trouble. Some people in the room, you're in trouble in some areas of life. It's not going right. You're uncomfortable. And the whole reason is you're not listened to. But see, that's not the end of the story if you'll just repent and say, God, I've not listened. Would you help me and forgive me? He will. He's amazing. How many hear me? Some people in the room, I feel it. You need to lope off some friendships. You need to lope off some of the places you go because it's getting you in trouble. Hmm? I, you know, I could get in your business, but let, I'm going to let the Lord do it. What do you know? See, if, if, if what I'm saying, you hear what I'm saying and the Holy Spirit's talking to you, right? 